0: This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit candowealth.com for more information.
1: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Bors and James Forsyth. So today Liz Truss has had her second prime minister's questions. James, how did it go?
0: So, I think you need to do two things. I mean, in terms of the pure kind of performance in the chamber, I think that Liz Truss holds her position relatively well. I think the danger for her is not what's happening in the chamber, but what's happening in the markets and how she deals with that. Now, there is a growing expectation in the market that the government is going to have to make more U-turns. But I thought it was very striking in this PMQs that she, A, defended the corporation tax uh, not going ahead with the corporation tax rise, you know, saying that it would be a, a mistake to raise CT at this moment, and I think she did so in language that kind of burns her boats on the beach on that front, and that is important because that's something that lots of people in the market, including Mohammed el Arian, at alliances, are kind of big figure, and I think it gives you a sense of what people in the market are thinking, thinks that the government will have to do. She also said that there would be no spending cuts. Now we can discuss whether she didn't. I mean, she just said no spend. Starmer asked if she stopped by her campaign. Leadership campaign pledge that there would be no spending cuts, and she said yes. She didn't go into whether she meant no cuts in cash terms or no cuts in real terms, which is important given where inflation is at the moment. So, I think for for Liz Truss, you can say that you know this PMQs didn't make her position any worse than it was beforehand. And I think in the current circumstances, anything that doesn't make her position worse than it was before <laughs> is a relative triumph. But and I think this is a crucial point. You know. The 31st of October is looming ever larger. This is becoming the defining moment, I think, for this government, which is this Halloween fiscal event.
1: Mm. So, James, you don't think that this no spending cuts thing is a much larger pledge and it won't spook the markets that she's not planning to balance the other side of the books?
0: Well, I think with inflation where it is, you could be increasing spending in cash terms, but reducing spending in real terms. I do think, though, that... October 31st is going to become a, a, a very very big moment because when that OBR forecast comes out people will dash to that and I think there will be a market reaction if they don't see a credible way to get debt falling in the medium term.
1: Katie what did you make of this Prime questions? I think Keir
2: Starmer confident I mean he has a lot to work with at the moment and you can see that in terms of the tax I think Liz trust had a few clumsy turns of phrase so there was a moment when in response to a question from case you know she was genuinely unclear and before she had a chance to finish her sentence I was quickly seized on by the opposition of saying oh yes we know that you, you don't know what's going on and, you know, and at one point the speaker had to intervene and say you know I want to hear even if lots of MPs including some of our own party don't want to there's ultimately a situation when you look powerful as so though you're on the up often these things bounce off you and when you look as though you're in a weaker position these things will hurt you in that sense and I think you could just tell that right now Keir Starmer is the person who has the favorable political weather and Liz Truss is the one who is struggling and if you compare it to we only had two Prime Minister's questions since Liz Truss Mm. has become Prime Minister and it just feels a different world in a way to the one that was the the first which was obviously before the uh, fiscal event and it was a Prime Minister's questions actually really calmed quite a lot of MPs her first one I think this one felt much trickier but again as James says it wasn't so much to do with her performance it's to do with the situation she now finds herself in part of which is she has brought on herself part of which is other factors but is now very naughty where she is
1: though just on that Katie um, what did you make of Jacob Rees-Mogg's comments on the broadcast round this morning saying that it wasn't the government to blame for the market turmoil it was actually the Bank of England um, for not raising rates fast enough I think. I think the tricky
2: thing is there's ultimately no one block to blame for the current crisis and therefore is. Clearly, disingenuous for a government minister to suggest it's nothing to do with the mini budget. I think everyone can see what happened after the mini budget. But I also think it's wrong if you're saying this is all the government's own creation, in the sense that lots of this is a global trend in terms of rising interest rates. You have a situation where there are the, all these tricky global factors, and then also I think Ed Conway had a really interesting piece on. So it's not my speciality, but you look at what the, the trickiness with the pensions and the instability there, and in the Bank of England bailout. The fact that this is also to do with risky your investments and so forth which again is not that's not you can you can say the government should be more aware of the fragility of the situation, but lots of factors are coming together to create almost a perfect storm. Now, what the government did with their fiscal event was take a really delicate situation and actually said to the world, "Look at us," which was clearly, I think, with hindsight, an unwise move. I think James has talked about it as the ugliest baby competition, <laughs> and it felt as so, the Britain came out and said, "We are we are the ugliest baby," and since then have not managed to get the attention off of us, and therefore the government, I think. to to say that uh you know this is nothing to do with the mini budget just doesn't pass any basic smell test but i think as ever the situation is more complicated than you know had quasi not said anything on the friday the economy would be in a rosy situation Mm. but we're now in a situation where obviously the government's actions have i think brought things faster ultimately made the situation more severe and you now have a situation which is how do you get things back in the box and i think it's Tricky and pointing to Liz Truss's comments about public spending. I mean, it could be that she's planning to stick with you know the original spending review, but we discussed this a bit yesterday on the podcast. It's just really hard to work out what this government does at this point to regain credibility. And you know, lots of people are saying, "Oh, well, they just need to resign, or Quasi Quater needs <laughs> to go, or she's going to reverse on our tax cuts." So some MPs are saying she's going to bring in a new chancellor and they'll have a new plan. and It still feels as though the government's quite reluctant to do that. And I think Liz Truss was also referencing the tax cuts that she, you know, that that had previously been announced as things that were going to be helping people. So you do not get this mass sense despite some of the talk. And perhaps, you know, there could be private conversations. We've heard Liz Truss say something before to U-turn. But right now, that is not a government, if you listen to what the Prime Minister said, that is about to row back on all its plans.
1: Now, James, let's talk about the Bank of England then, because over the last uh, few days there's been a lot of confusion in the guilt markets. Um, The Bank of England has had to come out today to say that they will not be extending their bailout to pension funds. What exactly is going on? Are they or won't they?
0: So the Bank of England is in a nearly impossible situation, which is this, which is if it carries on with its intervention, it goes on beyond Friday – It risks the appearance of fiscal dominance, that it looks like it is trying to intervene to artificially lower the cost of government borrowing. If people think that that is what a central bank is doing, rather than trying to just ensure the stability of the financial system, a country gets punished for that. But the danger for them is that if they pull stumps on this operation on Friday, you have market turmoil and the bank then has to go back in, and, and that would be a massive blow to its credibility. I mean, already lots of people are talking about how Mervyn King in the financial crisis suggested the banks wouldn't be bailed out because that would create moral hazard, and then ended up having to do so. So I think mean, that sums up the problem that he is facing. And I think mean, you saw in the reaction when the pound falling after Bailey said what he said when he said the pension funds you've got three days to sort it out and I think mean, the other thing which is to touch on something that Katie said is one of the things that the government has accelerated and exacerbated the rise in interest rates the problem you've got is that these rates now look to like they're going to rise so rapidly that we could see all sorts of funny things happen because no one has stress tested what happens when rates go up to this level and and as, uh, also as Katie said you've had because interest rates have been so low for so long people have planned and made decisions and trading strategies investment strategies all predicated on this idea that interest these low interest rates were a new permanent feature of the of the landscape it is another reminder that every time people tell you this time it's different you know you should count the spoons
1: james and katie thanks very much and thanks very much for listening